Recode Radio presents Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher, powered by digital media. Hi, I'm Kara Swisher, executive editor of Recode. You may know me as the future president of the independent state of California, but in my spare time, I talk tech, and you're listening to Recode Decode, a podcast about tech and media's key players, big ideas, and how they're changing the world we live in. You can subscribe to Recode Decode at iTunes.com slash Recode Decode, and while you're there, leave us a review. Today, we are live at the South by Southwest Festival in Austin, Texas. You all may yell if you like. At the Nat, <laughs> at the Nat Geo Further Base Camp, and I'm delighted to have on stage three funny folks from HBO's Veep. We have had a lot of HBO people, and we love having them on because the shows are so fantastic. First, to my left, Tim Simons, who plays Jonad Ryan. Um, yes. Matt Walsh, who plays Mike McClintock, and David Mandel, who is executive producer and showrunner. Tim, Matt, and David, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. All right. The baby's so, sleeping. Uh, right before we went on, two questions. We're going to talk, obviously, I write about tech a lot, and we do write about media and tech, and have interviewed Richard Plepler, your boss, and stuff like all kinds of different people from media. But the first thing you asked me, and I want to know why you asked me this, is what do I, uh, can I mention this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so he, he uh, so Tim says, we've been writing a lot about Uber, and you may have heard they've got some issues around sexism and sexual harassment recently. Um, and the first question you asked me is, he is big a jerk as he, I think he is. Tell me why you think... I use different words, but thank you for hedging okay. those for me. Okay. So talk about why you think that. It's a really interesting, because it's, it's sort of, it's gotten into the culture now, what's going on on a lot of tech companies. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think there is just sort of, um, it seems like you would, like, it was like a thing, it was like, oh, well, this is a really good service, but... Oh, it seems like this is, um, it seems like this sort of goes against a bunch of American ideals, I guess. Mm -hmm. There was this idea of just, it's mostly independent contractors, it's this idea that we don't actually provide a service, I'm just a link to somebody that does it, and so that's not my employee. Like, there were some sort of odd business practices, and then just more and more you started hearing about mm -hmm. that. And I, I don't know, I think it was the only reason, one of the reasons I asked was it would kind of confirmed a belief that was kind of there before. Right. That's the first thing that I wondered. I yeah. see. That's interesting. Yeah. Do you, do you, but you use the service, right? I stopped, actually. Really? You were yeah. delete Uber. I would, um, I live in LA, and so drunk driving is a thing, and I don't, I would rather, <laughs> I would rather drive and not drink than have to use it. Right. So I would use it as little as I could, mm -hmm. but have now stopped completely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Which really is probably just as well, because your rating just went to zero. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they just yeah they're just. No, I was, they're, they're, I, I'm as sorry. You were I, speaking, I should yes, I should clarify. Today. I didn't yeah. stop. One um, of the things, and I do want to get to the show itself, but the idea of like being scared of tech, kind of thing, yeah. or being perplexed by tech. Um, can you each talk about that? The idea, because when I interview Hollywood people, except for very few people, I was saying John Favreau, the director, uh, is very into tech. There's certain people, Austin. Ashton Kusher is into tech. Um, but a lot of Hollywood people are still perplexed by how to deal with it. How do you each think of it? Why don't we start with you, David? Um, I mean, I like tech, but there is something, it's a visual medium, and there is something to be said for, I, I don't want to make it sound too uh, whatever uh, pretentious. I'm not looking through a viewfinder, but I'm sitting often at a monitor sort of moving and changing things based on what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you're kind of doing that, and this is sort of one version of tech, and you're going, well, we're doing this, but behind them is going to be Air Force One. We're mm -hmm. going to add that later. Right. And it's, it's so hard. And sometimes it works, and I will also tell you, 
sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's that idea that later on it doesn't that sort of, I guess, scares me and drives me crazy. So that, and again, I'm talking very specifically about special effects tech right, right now, which obviously a guy like John Favreau, he made an entire movie with, you know, like one kid walking around on a green screen. Um, and we've done good stuff. You know, we did a, in our finale last year, um, we had them getting out of a helicopter that didn't exist. Mm -hmm. And it was really impressive looking. That but didn't we exist. Also, wow, we, that was good. That did yeah, look good. But we also had them getting into the helicopter, mm -hmm. and that shot will haunt me to the end of my days. Right. I hate it. It looks weird and flat and not sort of what I want it to be. And so it drives me crazy. And the, But there was nothing I could do about it. By the time we got into the building and the special effects and whatnot, it was sort of like, well, that's how it was set up and blah, 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 blah. And it's, that's the part where it just, it scares me. So but that's, I guess, one level of it. But on a broader level, when you guys think of act as actors, when you're thinking about how tech is impacting your business, you've got now Amazon doing things, you've got Netflix doing things, Google's getting the business, Apple suddenly is funding shows. You know, how do you think of your business now going forward? when you have all these big tech companies, which, which aren't the traditional ones, moving into the space and actually eventually taking over it, presumably. I guess the positive thing is like, it affords a lot of places for talented actors to get work. Like a lot of my friends are on other channels and other shows that, and they're good. There's a lot of good shows on some of these newer platforms. Um, I don't know. I think also a certain willingness to experiment. So it's not just yeah. the number of shows, but their willingness to not stick to the rules that have basically, you know, all but destroyed the, the networks. I mean, in some cases, they're still hiring some of those old network people where you kind of show up at Amazon and go, or not, not specifically Amazon, but you show right. up at one of these that places, guy. and it's like, oh, you're here now. Mm -hmm. But in general, um, I think there's new blood and also just the willingness that you can go, hey, we want to do a weird show about blank, and someone goes, absolutely. Yeah. And they need a new show. They, they need shows, so there's a willingness, which is wonderful. Mm -hmm. And have created some. Go ahead. Uh, is Lyft any better than Uber? That was my first question. Thought <laughs> <laughs> uh, to bring it back to that, and then we will get back to tech. It is different. Are they more like... Better, are they better to their employees than Uber? They is are. that what you're saying? One are. time yeah. my wife stopped I use using Lyft. them. Yeah, yeah I, use, I use it too. One time my wife stopped Lyft, uh, using, using them because she had to stop at the grocery store real quick and when she came out ahead, it was clear that the dude had smoked weed in the car while she was in the store. That's, that's more a Lyft personality. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. There's, a, there's a button for that, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have a You just a have to press it on the app. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a different company run by different... They're more... Um, Hippie-ish, I guess, if okay. you want to use that term. No, They're I like Lyft. I just didn't yeah. know all the details. Yeah. Um, as far as tech goes, like I like a robot arm drawing chalk on the wall. Yeah, yeah. I like nice. stuff like that. Amazon actually just picked up this wall for uh, three seasons. Uh, there's a three-season <laughs> Watching the robot arm. It's like C-SPAN. They've got lots of robots. <laughs> um, but Tim and I were actually talking last night because there's a lot of virtual reality, and mm -hmm. this is way ahead of yes. where it's going. Right. But a friend of mine was saying, or this guy I met, not a true friend, but that they haven't cracked comedy. They're trying to perform comedy in these virtual and reality. You, you're an upright, you're, explain how famous you are in comedy. How, ex how famous how am yeah. I? <laughs> well, if you have to ask, I yeah. might not be that famous. <laughs> no, you are. The reason you should think I'm famous is, I'm, I don't know, I'm on a show called Veep and mm -hmm. I started a group called Upright, upright Citizens, Citizens Brigade. Brigade. That's what I was thinking. Um, but it's interesting because like flashing forward 50 years, 40 years, mm -hmm. I could see virtual reality 
being something that people see feature length narratives inside, and sure. you could literally get up close to uh, whoever Tom Cruise and walk around Tom Cruise while he's doing a scene, mm-hmm. uh, and that's weird. Yeah, I, I think there is like when it when it comes to like tech and entertainment, there is that thing of like. I understand like somebody would want to do that, but so much of what we do is based on the choices that we make for a viewer to yes. see or a choice right. that we make as a character yes. to what to reveal or what not to reveal. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're turning some of that over is a little bit disconcerting mm-hmm. in that, um, and also like, how do you properly, like if it was gonna be in VR or whatever, which I know is like what a lot of people talk about, but I don't necessarily know. Like, I don't know how you can really build a, a story in that in, well, in that, but I think entertainment is becoming more user empowered, like with on demand and everything. Right. And it just seems like eventually interactive or virtual reality stuff is going to be no, I think more so, popular. But I think they will have to figure out what that kind of story is. Yeah. I don't think interactive Veep, for example. Yeah, talk about what something. would interactive Veep I don't be? Know, like? I think it'd be awful. Yeah. I don't know. I just can't imagine. I <laughs> guess, Who would want to be in right. a room with us? Don't people. get me wrong. I think there'd be something really neat about like going into our stages and do like 360 like digital photos mm-hmm. and allow you to like visit our sets and things yeah. like that and sort of sort of see what we do or how we do it and so maybe even like the making of aspect is really fascinating mm-hmm. but the notion of i guess i don't know just sort of like being up close to these scenes and whatever there's there's rhythms, there's reasons we fall back sometimes, yeah. there's sometimes we purposely do very long shots, there's reasons sometimes we often, very Veep-like, to shoot through stuff, to be sort of on sort of odder angles or to be away from the joke, which is mm-hmm. a very Veep thing, which is to say, on a lot of shows, standard sitcom, we're going to cut to you saying the funny line. Mm-hmm. On Veep, we're often, the camera's moving, so we're over here during the funny line, or maybe we're worried that the line is maybe a little written maybe in a, in a good way so we're going to go way back there and put a piece of that speaker in it to just kind of it'll take a little bit of the edge off the bump bump of the joke right. and so that very notion would be ruined if all of a sudden you're strapping on something onto your heads and coming up really close for the mm-hmm. joke there's a there's a, a rhyme and a reason to sort of our world but i do think there are stories to come not necessarily veep or shows to come where you could I mean, completely see how that would work. I do think a lot of times the tech arrives before they figure everything out. So I think what we're seeing right now, obviously with the uh, the, the virtual reality stuff, really isn't where we're, it's going to be. And in some yeah. cases, maybe they should have held it back a little bit longer. Well, some of it's yeah. going to be also not just with VR. I mean, one of the sure. things they do is they mix VR, AR, you, you know, the dip- augmented reality. Oh, yeah. And then mixed reality. So augmented would be you're walking down the street and your glasses are telling you things about you, who you are, who that person is. Or your contact lenses. Your contact lenses. I hate that. Why? I don't know. That's really weird. Well, it's coming. I don't know yet. I'm sorry. The contact lens screen. I hate it. it. A million years ago, sorry, uh, we did a thing. uh, We used to enjoy... uh, I worked at Saturday Night Live back Mm -hmm. in the the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And we did a lot of technology commercial parodies. And mm-hmm. we did one which was uh, Macintosh post-it notes. They mm-hmm. were like, they were 
allegedly disposable but very expensive, right. like little mini computers <laughs> that were very complicated and just did a line, whatever. And it was sort of like you would never use this. And the other one we did was one for virtual reality books where mm -hmm. you strapped on Moby Dick. <laughs> and the joke was you put it on and you it fired up and then you were just in a crudely drawn living room right. and you turned and there was a lamp and there was a big book in front of you and it wasn't really <laughs> what you thought it would be and every page it was like call me and you turn the page and we go working, 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 <laughs> working, working, working. I am Israel. Yeah, Israel, whatever. And it was always fun because the audience didn't necessarily laugh but they sort of clapped because it was technology and that right. said a lot to me about <laughs> right, right. us as people which is right. they, they just, they're excited to see even Mac, even stupid stuff, they're excited to see it Absolutely. coming. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Some of the stuff that's coming is really interesting, but it will not have these headdresses, and this room will turn into virtual reality, and and people will be storytellers. I mean, how does that how does that take away from you all? Is what do you look at as storytelling? Because the way networks are set up right now, I mean, you're about to get bought by the phone company, pretty much. They're going to be your owners. We are. Yes. AT and T or Verizon. I don't know. You really think it's going to go through? Uh, I do. Really? Yes. Even Murdoch, Trump, at yes. all? Yes, okay. Yes, I do. Yeah. Um, so AT&T is buying your company. Okay. And so they'll be your boss. Okay, okay. that's cool. <laughs> the telcos. I, their names have, will we be we have their to check. cut a bunch of phone jokes that we have. <laughs> right, I know, right. Um, but, but, but when you think about that, how do you look at your... Um, and I want to get to the show itself, like what's going on this season, because I thought this last season was fantastic. And it, honestly, I was talking to the people that were running um, House of Cards, too. They can't keep up with reality, actually. I mean, your reality seems more normal than the reality that's happening right now, essentially. Um, but how do you imagine storytelling developing as e or being an actor going forward? Because um, you all make content at the same time as, as perform it. If I'm being honest, I mean, I don't have, I, I, I don't, I, I don't think about it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I you don't. just want a job. I just, I, I, I want a job, but also like for the things that I, the, for the things that I write or the things that I create, I don't think about, Where I, I don't think it? about it, if it's the phone company and mm -hmm. I, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't let it affect it. I think maybe just because trying to like censor whatever it is you're going to do before you've even started or trying mm -hmm. to at least me personally trying to write toward a certain thing that maybe somebody will buy will probably just make it shitty mm -hmm. and so then I just I, I don't know I don't think about it at all and especially if the phone company buys this I don't think that'll affect the day to day of what Jonah Ryan does right. he'll still be terrible so like there <laughs> is that thing like whenever I hear it that's just like mm -hmm. that's just a bunch of rich people in a room kind of grunting at each other and I really don't think about yeah. it at all yeah. yeah well that's a good way to do it mm -hmm. How will storytelling change? Yeah, that's a really? tough one. Only because a lot of some of the ideas behind the AT and T purchase of these companies or Comcast buying NBC is that it's going to go over the phones. That your content is now, they want to have it so they can start to deliver it in different ways, either virtual reality or over phones or over smaller devices or in different ways for younger people that don't consume the same linear fashion. Wow, that's like I don't know. Uh, what would be a smart thing to say here? Yeah. Let me think. Well, it just seems like the divide has started with on demand. I think that to me, as opposed to like must see TV or. Right. Which is know, over. Which is over. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, and from that sort of those two diverting paths, I assume that the negative future is sort of like everybody's in their own wormhole. Like you just keep going down and down and down and p pursuing your singular passion, whereas. Boy, I sound old, but in the old days there were four networks and you could go to school and everybody mm -hmm. kind of saw the same show and there was that community that television provided. Not that 
it's sort of how we bumped into each other mm-hmm. in the in the television marketplace, if you will. Mm-hmm. So it seems like the downside is like with all the options and all the wonderful TV is more fractured sort of American experience, perhaps. Right. Well, that's exactly what's happening. I feel yeah. like that was a smart thing to say. Yeah. But I, I mean, like I don't. Did a good job. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Mm. I'm not Philip K. Dick. I, I actually, just real quick, I actually do think that there is such a thing as must-see TV only in that, like, if you look at Game of Thrones or things like that, people are so worried about being it being whatever it is being ruined even by, like, the East Coast, West Coast time change. Fewer like, and fewer, yes. Yeah. There are things, yes. and like, but so people But it are, is little moments. I and mean, I do think last year, and I don't know how you guys watch, and maybe I'm completely wrong, there was something really cool about Sunday evening's Game of Thrones, Silicon Valley, Veep, if you were home on a Sunday, Mm -hmm. that was, I'm not going to say it was must-see TV, but it felt as close to like a pretty cool two-hour block of television that you kind of wanted to sit there for. But I do know from looking at numbers, as many people, people did do that, but so many people just did it no. when they did it during the week. Yeah. And I guess that's the I one like thing Wednesday I guess I'm hoping was my with. Day. Wednesday was must see TV right. for Kara Swisher's But I do think like, I guess I'm hoping down the line, the one thing that does happen is somewhere along the line, and I don't, you know, again, obviously competition. So this, this service is going to have these shows and this service is going to have these shows, but that you will get to a point um, where like, the fact that you don't have HBO isn't a problem. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. like, you if you want to see Veep, you can see Veep. That we'll get to, they, we will get to a point where you can just say out loud, "I want to see Veep," and one way or another, it will be in front of you. And I mean <laughs> Alexa. that. Yeah. Alexa. I know. I mean that though for all television, that it, none of this well, will matter. Well, that's the goal. Yeah, exactly. That's the goal. And that so speak to I guess that AI continues person. to be, I guess, a good thing in the sense of if you're making a show that people will get to see it if they want to, if they choose to see it. And again, I guess I keep hoping that uh, you know the, the the desire for you know just more is still there. That just oh, that uh, I yeah. think is not you know a question. And the last question I have on tech is how do you guys feel about the binge watching trend, which was started by House of Cards and others? I love binge watching. You That's do the for, best for way. your shows too. For no, for our show, I I do Sunday nights, and I, that was a nice like Sunday night ritual with my wife, mm-hmm. and we we would knock off two hours of television. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love binge watching, especially when somebody turns you onto something that you should have watched four years ago. Mm-hmm. Love it. I'm actually I'm a halfway fan of it. I think that there are, there are diminishing returns. Like to watch four or five episodes of something in a row, I think is detrimental to your enjoyment. It's like that third one that you think is a good idea is never a good idea. You mm-hmm. just feel awful and you don't focus on it, and so mm-hmm. you miss things. And I remember I watched I did watch like the entire season, the first season of House of Cards in a matter of like three days. And some of those middle episodes I literally could not tell you what happened even after watching them. I, I, I'm I'm much more of a person that thinks things that should be just be released three at a time or two at a time. Because mm-hmm. I think there is something nice about the conversation I, I love around the anticipation. Them. I mean, yeah, the anticipation I, is important. I have I binge watch. I especially mm-hmm. like binge watching for something that I've missed. Meaning if I didn't watch it, if I come late to whatever, House of Cards or whatever, that I can catch up in three days if I want to. Mm -hmm. But I do miss the notion of, here's an episode and now you have to wait, which I realize goes against Everything. Everything, everything in the world. I mean, yeah. that that sentence alone that literally may explain the Trump the presidency. Or, or, but or yeah. think about it as a show. For our show? Yeah. I mean, it hasn't nothing on our end because, because we're not. We're slowly. not. But I think yeah. I guess if someone said to us, "We're they're now, going to," we're now binging. I think we'd probably 
ours has sort of a narrative, obviously, across the 10 episodes. Mm -hmm. But I do think if I was writing Veep for binge watching, there'd be a lot more, not cliffhangers, but sort of a little more of a throw from the end of any given episode to mm -hmm. the next episode, where often in a season of Veep, there's a through line and these things are happening, but it's almost like I would almost be moving things from the beginning of the next episode to the end of the first episode to kind of, I, I think that you're, it's incumbent upon you to kind of, why should I watch the next one beyond right. just it's good a little bit? That, at least that would be right. in my head a little I bit. I feel like the phone company is going to make you binge. <laughs> I feel like that's coming for you. Probably. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about the show itself. Um, end of dust season. Selena loses the presidency in the oddest way possible. Sure. Although, again, it doesn't seem that Seeming odd. Seeming less odd by the minute. Um, Go on. Where are we... Talk a little bit about that and then where it's going. And you're about to lose your job. Your whole thing in the man cave was... Brilliant. Everybody, by the way, is losing their job. Right, yes. When yeah, Selena's right. out of work, we're all out right, of work, right, by the way. Right, exactly. Except for him. He's but during, during the whole process, you're, you don't even realize they're about to fire you, <laughs> which is fantastic. Yes. It was a fantastic... He should have been fired season one. I've got to check honest. on that lead. I've got to check on that lead. Um, this is in their baby's room. Uh, you yes. have to watch it. Um, and you become a congressman yeah. who sleeps with underage women, essentially, mm -hmm. right? No, of age. Of age, okay. Of age, but still in high school. Okay, all right, okay, yeah. good. That was the confusion. That was very specific. I thought it was very okay. specific. She was 18. <laughs> right. I thought she went to Georgetown. It turns out she goes to Georgetown Day School. Yeah, my children go to Georgetown they Day do. School. They do. They do, so okay. thank oh. you for that. Um, so <laughs> She's got like a January birthday, so yeah, it's fine. Yeah, but I have yeah. boys. I have boys, so well, I will say, right. that was <laughs> one of the only jokes that like when I first read it, and first I was like, Ooh, <laughs> yeah. that's even pretty dark for him. Yeah, yeah. So talk about the last season, how you guys looked at the last season, each of you. So you had the, 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 the arc that you become a congressman, and then you hire handsome men to work in your office yeah. and misbehave, essentially. Uh -huh. Uh, one of the they were very I'm, handsome, by the way. They were very handsome. They, and were, and they all I don't know if it made it into the final cut, but they all played lacrosse. Mm -hmm. And they were—they all had names like Colt. Yeah, they, they all had horse names. They all had horse names. <laughs> Appaloosa. <laughs> and most uh, of them Mustang. were like were models. I mean, yeah, yeah they, one of the guys in particular was in a video, like a Taylor Wait, Swift a video Taylor or something. Swift video, and, and and never had my whatever Instagram and Twitter feed lit up so much and with like you yeah, a picture yeah, of yeah, exactly okay so we do this thing where we all, we'll always do like a little quick rehearsal and then we'll block it for the production crews so they can mm -hmm. see where we're going and they can see the lighting that rehearsal was fucking packed yeah. was you it? have never seen so many people at a rehearsal like everyone in production had slammed themselves into this tiny room right. to watch beautiful men yeah. walk around <laughs> right uh uh but that I that storyline I loved because there is because as as ridiculous as it is to think that someone like Jonah could be elected in Congress, like we, we I, I would actually argue at this point Jonah wouldn't even crack the bottom fifty percent. I think yeah. the House of Representatives is just become the worst place on earth. On earth. Yeah. On earth. On earth. Right. On earth. Right. And yeah. that like what used car salesmen used to be a high point for those people, yeah. right. and now it's just in the gutter. Yeah. Between yeah. that and the gerrymandering, it's a disgrace. It's, but so this don't idea, tell the phone like, company have, I said right, okay. Like we have Ted Cruz, <laughs> like who is one of the most universally despised men, who ass backwards fell into power because a bunch of dummies thought he was smart, mm -hmm. and so you have this idiot who all of a sudden gets power, and so. 
Uh, there was a, one of the most wonderful quotes about Ted Cruz was that you could murder him. He is so disliked, mm-hmm. you could murder him on the House floor Senate and floor. not be able to f- on the Senate floor and not find a witness. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like, so I love the fact that as far fetched as it seems, it is it is a hundred. He was kind of our model Plausible. going into this season, which is even though uh, House, not Senate, was the idea that Jonah last year became a congressman and that he would become the most, much like Cruz, the most hated guy in Senate, that Jonah would be the most hated guy in Congress. That was right. kind of our guiding, guiding light. light. Yeah. So, and you've got a lot of material to work from. we got a bunch. we got a bunch, real yeah. material. So do you like being in Congress? Do you like this arc? You're going to stay. This is for this season that's premiering. You're still... Yeah, still in Congress. And no, no it's, it's super fun to mm-hmm. be a dummy with power. That's mm-hmm. a really fun thing to do. Mm-hmm. And especially like when he starts getting like, when he starts getting a win here or there. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I do like about it is that this is always the life that he predicted for himself. Everybody, right. he, this is... This exactly fits in with his worldview and his five and ten year plans. Mm-hmm. In uh, some so ways, it's of no surprise to him. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's, it, to, to him, it's just what he was expecting. Yeah. And, but in some ways, if you think about Selena losing and all the people working for her, not only being out of work, but also being branded with having worked for Selena Meyer. Right. Um, I think that's one of the things that you're going to see at the beginning of this season of sort of where everyone has landed with the 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 sort of that's it's a real thing in Washington, which is when you're the the losing side, you're branded as a loser. And what work can you find? Is it time to head into the uh, the private sector? And you're going to see right. a little bit of that. And mm-hmm. also, you know, if you want to stay in politics, who will hire you? And I think there's some of that too. And of course, oddly. Jonah rises, which right. is sort of that much fun. Although perfectly, yeah. he rises. Exactly, that's what happens on the show. What about the press secretary? Now, y- you play press secretary, and doing press. Now we have a press secretary who's become a comic. Worse object. than Mike McClintock. Mo- yes. Worse. Yes. Worse. Yeah. yeah. My Twitter was and now flooded the new one day is... one when he took that job. Yeah. People are like this guy's worse than Mike McClintock. <laughs> <laughs> um, well. I, Couple th- I just laugh at Tim's character because I think of his journey, like living with his mom and like having roommates and having a shitty website, like mm-hmm. how small-minded and petty and terrible of a human being he is, and now he's in the nation's uh, Congress. But uh, Mike McClintock, when Dave came in last season, uh, he took the show over and he had some breakfast with us, and I remember Dave kind of setting out he's like what i like about mike is he has a very specific job like him at the podium was sort of a great anchor for the writers or specifically dave's like i get i want to make sure that you have a job and that your mm-hmm. function is clear like that was something he set up from the beginning which i really liked mike in the press room because i pictured him knocking around in anonymity forever and getting mm-hmm. beaten upon and all of a sudden he's on television every day and he gets a little power and a little exposure which of course is overwhelming. And the other part of Mike I really enjoyed is that he has a personal life. Like he has a wife mm-hmm. and the kid journey. It's not is something it? most Kathy of the characters the on the show have. No, they have. don't. Yeah, no. which was a really right. cool thing. You yeah, carrying has... the three year old in the baby Bjorn was, I don't, you must watch this because he carries a, a Chinese girl. Uh, we were, we were talking about this talk- backstage because we had a premiere or a, a, a finale party uh, last year and, uh, and Hugh Laurie was there with us and I've never seen a human being laugh harder at anything oh, at the than baby. Hugh Laurie laughing at Matt with that giant baby. baby yeah. That seven year old, seven year old, three year old in a baby Bjorn. I'm six or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, Kent says she's six or whatever. Based on her yeah. cranium size. Based on her cranium size, yes. 
But uh, so I really enjoyed uh, being able to have like a personal life and exploring mm -hmm. that underneath the political life. So last season was a blast. Yeah. For me. So can I? Can you say what happens to you? Or are you beginning? Well, this year we're all out of work. Mm -hmm. What can we say, Doctor Dave? Um, yeah. The season starts with Mike at home, okay. uh, unemployed. With some with, kids. With kids. He's got twins from the surrogate and the seven-year-old, Ellen, uh, mm -hmm. and we'll get to see what that's a little bit like. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'll simply say that Selena, one, much like uh, I'm sure you all saw that uh, the Obamas just signed like a... $68 million. $68 million deal to write both their memoirs. Mm -hmm. um, much like other former presidents, Selena has a deal to uh, uh, write her book. Mm -hmm. I will simply say it's a lot less than $68 million. Right. <laughs> She's not happy about that. And she doesn't really like writing books. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's possible that someone might need to help write that book. Mm -hmm. And I'll leave it at that. All yes. right, okay. <laughs> How much do you think Trump's going to get to write his memoir from jail? A billion dollars. Yeah. That he'll donate to charity for wounded war veterans who will right. never see a. He'll get paid in rubles. In rubles. Um, all right. Okay. So let's move into Trump. So here you are writing a, a, a show that's a. It's a. It's not totally mocking. You were saying people thought you were joking about a lot of things. These people couldn't be this stupid, and here we are. You yeah. know, you have one congressman talking about that we need to, more white people need to breed, yeah. um, and et cetera. Like, every day there's a new, like, essentially I open my Twitter and, like, what fresh hell is going to unleash itself upon me from the government? Mm -hmm. um, from wherever, everywhere, across the government. And you can't, it, it is almost like a show. It's like, oh, now they're, they're, they're firing the guy from New York who seemed passively competent. Like, well, but now they're saying it's possibly because he was investigating Murdoch and Fox News, and then there was also the possibility that he was investigating the Russia stuff. It's right. just, you know... So how do you, when you're writing, like, I, I work a little bit for the, with the Silicon Valley people, and I tell them things, and then it appears, and everyone goes, oh, how funny, and I'm like, no, that actually happened. Um, or, you know, around, the, I was talking about the Nazi, the, the billionaire comparing his plight to the Jews being persecuted by the Nazis, and they laughed. I'm like, no, no, it happened. Like, it, it kind of thing. And so how do you, in this new era, when you're writing a, a, a what is it, a spoof? What do you call it? It's essentially a... Satire? Are we satire. a satire? Satire, right. So how do you do that when life is more ridiculous than that? How do you guys think of that? Um, because Jonah is... There's a lot of congressmen like Jonah at this point, or many, 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 many like them. Uh, historically, I'll let, the one thing I'll say, because I think Dave would be able to speak to this a lot better than I would about how you map something out, like something like this out, but historically throughout the show, one thing that I have noticed is that during every writing period, the writers will, th will all get in a room and think of what the stupidest thing a politician could do but hasn't done is. Mm -hmm. And then in between when we shoot that and when it airs, somebody actually does that. Yeah. In or we, we air and, and then, then they do and it. And then they're like, oh, like, you guys oh, just yeah. stole that from me. Like, no, we actually thought what the stupidest right. thing would be. Right. Right. Um, so I know that that has been a challenge, like trying to then think about what the next stupid thing that they would do after the stupid thing you're making up mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. I think that has been a challenge. But other than that, I'll let you just I'll let you speak to the sort of umbrella. No, I, I mean, I was just going to say, I mean, look, clearly the Trump thing changes everything, right. whether you love him or hate him, I'll simply say. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think one of the things which obviously happened unrelated to Trump, unrelated to Hillary losing, was from the moment, I, I, th I think you all know this, is the show was created by Armando Iannucci, and he did the first uh, four seasons, and then he left with the 
tie as the uh, right. cliffhanger, if you will. And then that's where I took over. So when I first sat down uh, with Julia and the HBO people and Frank Rich, uh, who's one of the other exec producers, they sort of showed me this tie and sort of said, you know, this is what the show, this is where you'd be starting. Mm -hmm. And as I started to think about it and what got me excited was the first sort of decision I made was that she was going to lose. That the presidency was something she wanted more than life itself and that if she won the presidency it would be lovely but the show would be over as far as I was concerned. Right. Which was fine. Because but you I couldn't just had, do more ridiculous I just, to me, once she's president and, I, and, and this is not a criticism but even during that little period where she was president it just, it's, it, it's not that it's harder it's just sort of like I think it starts to strain a little, well, it used to strain a little bit of credibility where you kind of start to go, would these people who are nincompoops working for her survive in the White House? Now, yes. maybe now all bets are off. Yeah. But back when we were making these decisions, the notion of moving away and kind of getting into the world of being a former president, which I thought would be fun and drive her crazy, mm -hmm. was sort of the, the big decision. So that she would lose which obviously shocked a lot of people who thought she would either win or be vice president again. And again, that just felt like been there, done that. Mm -hmm. So the idea was that she would lose the presidency, which she did. And then as it turned out, obviously, as the Obamas are moving into their private life, we'll see Selena moving into her private life. And mm -hmm. I am hoping and excited to see some of the similarities of things he's doing and the stories we're doing. Now, obviously, somewhere along the way, this Trump thing happens. Mm -hmm. So the good news, I think, for us is because we're not Saturday Night Live. We're not going to basically, Trump's not going to say something one week and we're going to write it in. I think we do our best when we sort of think about stuff and then are able to comment on it a little bit later. Like, for example, in the Thai season last year, we did a sort of a recount in, uh, in Nevada, which was sort of our mini right. version of Florida, but obviously doing it many years later where we're able to really sort of talk about what it was and hopefully mm -hmm. comment on it in a really funny and sure. smart way. And I, I think with some of Trump, we need a little bit of distance and we don't have that distance right. yet. So one of the things that's good is we are still a show about politics. We have a congressman, but we are not, thank God, in the White House. So hopefully, while you will see Selena acting as horrible as she always does as a former president of the United States, doing things that you see other former presidents doing, Bush mm -hmm. painting, Jimmy Carter building houses, mm -hmm. uh, Clinton with his whatever Clinton Foundation yeah. and whatever the hell he's up to. Right. All of this is now in the mix. And in general, we are still commenting on politics. Do you, do you, but we are, thank God, not in the White House. Because I do believe that would have been... No, I am so glad I am not in the White House. Really? I am so glad because there's no way of doing it. I feel sorry for the House of Cards, guys. I feel sorry for scandal. I don't see... Because on any given day, if you look back on our s stories... Mm -hmm. um, Talk about last year when we did the big tweeting story, where mm. that seemed shocking, president tweeting, whatever. That story would be worthless. I mean, it would be beyond worthless right now. If that was airing now, I think you'd look at the show as, what is this thing? What's and going so on? I think the fact that we are out of the White House and we'll hopefully get a little distance, believe me, we're still commenting on politics Politics. and what people want out of it and whatnot. But I think the distance, I think, really? will help in a really what good way. What about you guys? Would you want to be in the White House? Given, I think that the show, in my mind, does well because, in a way, I'd like to believe that a lot of what it lives and dies on was is true about politicians for the last couple centuries. Mm -hmm. I think, and when this recent maniac won, mm -hmm. 
it like he said it just it was like what is happening like are we is this like in a way I think we made fun of normal politics in the first five seasons right and it doesn't feel normal right now and I right. think with a little distance we'll understand what normal is mm -hmm. so it is a blessing I agree that we're not in the White House and all the because we're submerged in the Trump administration and the madness and the horribleness, I c inevitably people will have that lens and they will see connections that right. maybe we unconsciously or the writers unconsciously are just, because we are well, living you know, in the same world. I think certain things that are, have always been true about Veep, which are the double standards of politics, which right. are very true, not just in the Trump administration, because while I am... I lean towards sort of liberal Democrat. I can point it out about the liberals as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of the Supreme Court stuff, you know, mm -hmm. was tit for tat from right. the, the Biden rule and whatnot. Mm -hmm. And I'll simply say, but in terms of the notion of the double-sided nature of speaking out for the working man while hating the working man, yeah. mm -hmm. that's Selena Meyer. You know, we get often get a lot of questions about Trump, and we've talked a lot about how Jonah Ryan, in some ways, was our Trump-esque character. Yeah. But I think people also forget that Selena Meyer has been Trump for five years, which right. is to say somebody speaking about the working man who doesn't actually yeah. want to touch the working man. Yeah. Right. Somebody speaking about how she wants to drain the swamp while at the same time appointing whatever fat cat she needs to to get whatever sure. it is she needs right. and line her own pockets. So these things are true i think they were as true but now they're under really washington true. and now jefferson right. but and obviously right now under trump they're magnified and but i think that sort of us sticking it to the hypocrisy of politics is still very true about yes. veep even though right now we are focusing on what it means to be an ex-president of the united but states can you do that because you are like a lot of people now like i you like they Today I was reading about Stephen, the Stephen King, yeah. and I just was shocked that he could continue and they could keep working with him. You know, you just you just sort of well, sit there and wonder when well, is, I mean, when's like, the I line, just, when's the bottom. I, it doesn't seem like there is a bottom. I mean, like uh, Paul Ryan is currently racing the clock against <laughs> against uh, uh, Trump being impeached to try to take away health care from children. Mm -hmm. So, like, there really is no bottom. It's like, God, if he so just... So how do you play Joan Ryan, then? Um, because how much more awful could you be? Well, I, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think he can keep doing awful things, but I think he always thinks he's doing them for the right reasons, mm -hmm. uh, which is that then his right reason is uh, to make Joan Ryan more famous and more... like, to continue his own career. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I am, I am sort of glad that we don't have to deal with Trump directly in that because I don't know like in the way of like technology and the way people watch things whatever happens like a joke a Trump joke is played out by noon if right. Trump does something at 8 30 a.m. that joke is played out by noon right and then an extra is played out over the weekend when Saturday Night Live hits it so I'm glad that we don't have to respond to that but I don't know I think that I do think that that at least Jonah has his own world of awfulness that can be entertaining because I do f another thing is like not much of about the current administration is funny I uh, like I love jokes and I think that there are ways to skewer him but a lot of this I don't want to get caught in a trap of just making fun of him when so much of what he's doing is just truly awful mm -hmm. so I, I like the fact that there is this other thing that you can laugh at it because it isn't real does that make sense it's sort of our alternate reality yeah. is just distant enough from just Trump that I do think you can still laugh, laugh at what's at going on because we don't necessarily raise the specter of cancer patients being unable to afford right. their chemo. Right. Right. We do some other stuff. We'll, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, 
you know, it's funny, there's issues that are coming up that are, that get very political in our, we do have a little mini storyline with the debt ceiling and things and a lot of the, the double, sort of the double standards of uh, sort of what it, what it means to be backed by one of these sort of, uh, you know, crazy billionaires, sort of, uh, you'll, again, these are sort of little tidbits of sort of like, we have sort of a, kind of a combo of some of these guys, your Sheldon Edelsons and whatnot, and mm -hmm. how that affects Jonah. And so again, I think we're right in there in a very cutting edge way, right. but we're not making jokes about what Trump tweeted last night. And I think that's right. a really important fine you're not line. Thing. So I want to finish up, we're gonna have some questions from the audience in a second. Um, comedy, you, you Upright Citizen Brigade, uh, you're all comedy people. Does everything now have to be political? Because it feels like in tech, I write about politics all the time. That's all I write about, and it's all I'm interested in writing about at this point. And it's all people are interested in reading about. And maybe there's a fatigue factor at some point, but you almost can't discuss anything else except the latest thing that happened. And so I wonder, each of you, if you could answer this idea of um, can you get away? Like your show is absolutely political, but it would be very different if Hillary Clinton won right now for you as, as creators, I would think. It would be the, I think so the is, mood of the country be would be different, but I don't think, we. I will simply say this, and you can believe it or not believe mm -hmm. it, what you're going to see in season six was written with no sense of Trump or Hillary winning. I guess on some level, mm -hmm. we assumed Hillary was winning, as did I guess many people, and I will also say, uh, just to get this, be as very clear about this as possible, I, I don't know how else to say this. My my mentor, my comedy mentor, the person who hired me at Saturday Night Live was Al Franken. Mm -hmm. I donate to his campaign. I right. donated money to the Hillary Clinton campaign. I wanted Hillary Clinton to win. I did not want Trump to win. I hate Trump. Uh, I don't know how else to say that. That being said, none of that is in the show. Okay. The show is decidedly nonpartisan, mm -hmm. um, and we have uh, advisors from both sides of the aisle mm -hmm. um, helping us with the show. Mm -hmm. We continue to have no political party affiliation ever mentioned for Selena, for Jonah, for anyone. If you watch the show, we're constantly mixing up what's red and what's blue just to confuse you. There is no, we are not Democrats, we are not Republicans. This is about the hypocrisy of DC and politicians and dare I say power, uh, mm -hmm. just because we're in Lyndon Johnson's mm -hmm. backyard. Mm -hmm. It's about power, the quest for power and all those things that has nothing to do with Trump. And so the story we did this season is, this was all laid out last June when Before, he when hadn't even, I guess, locked in the actual, I guess he just about just locked about in the nomination. And that is very true about the show. And so you can hate my personal opinions, and I get that from time to time on Twitter, but don't confuse those with the show, which is very much right. of its own thing. And I think you are right, mm -hmm. everything is politics, but we definitely try and take a very non-judgmental view in politics, except maybe going, you know what, both sides are terrible. Maybe that's our view. Right. And so hopefully, even if you feel very strongly one way or another way, the two sides, you can watch the show because the show is and not about politics. Hillary is good or Trump is bad or Trump is good and Hillary is bad. You can just kind of hopefully laugh in general. That, that's in general. What my about sort you? of three Comedy side. has to... It, I, I don't. I hope comedy that has been political, but it now has, it seems and it is everywhere on the internet. It's all about what's happening right now. But I do think people want escape a little bit, and I personally, you know, have shut down my Twitter. Or Tim was saying he 
kills the app and then brings it back I've, up. I've, de- I've deleted it and reinstalled yeah. it twice a day for the last three months. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and so I do think there is plenty of people who just want something that's funny to, I guess, escape in a simple way that's just pure funny and uh, a respite from the craziness. So I do think there's plenty of room for comedy that doesn't have to explain what's happening in the political right. world. Right. Yeah. I think I read something recently, and this is a, a smarter person than me was talking about. Like one of the exceptions. I may have written this. Uh, yeah, you may. It may have been Matt Walsh that, uh, that wrote this. Um, uh, the, the idea that one of the exceptional things about America is that we are able to detach from political thinking. Mm-hmm. That at least historically that's been the case, and that I don't know. I I definitely think that at least most of the things that I'm working on, or most of the ways that I'm thinking about things now. Are through that lens because we are in and we are in a period of time in which it is Im- somewhat impossible to not because we are close to America not being that way, not right. being able to detach from right. that. We and so currently I am at least me personally I am sort of looking at everything through that because it is somewhat hard to escape. Yeah, and I and I really do I like I, I do love escapist things but it's been harder to enjoy them. And also, like, I've been finding myself snapped. Like, sometimes, right. like, I'll find an so escapist thing. you delete it and put back on Twitter. Why? Twice a day. Why? Because... So check it all the time. Right. Because, I, because, I mean, I am honestly... I want to know the moment it all goes south for him. I want to find out within <laughs> five seconds. <laughs> I want to know when it's all over. Yeah. So there's that. But then there's also that thing of, like, what new fresh hell is this? And mm-hmm. I don't... I've been trying to not live in... The fresh hell, like trying right. to give myself six hours off from the fresh hell. Yeah, but, but the problem is something it, happens. Something You're like, happens. what? Yeah. Like I think I took a shower recently, and the, he fired like ninety-three people. I was like, yeah. what? Yeah. <laughs> the, the the one of the first. By the way, and again, this is the kind of thing where you know I would kill right now to go a hundred years in the future and just get to read the sixth grade textbook about these yes. four right. years. <laughs> this is all part of the show. I yeah. mean. The firing is to distract us from sessions, or I mean, who yeah. knows? And again, this is sort of my own political. Unless views, they're just yeah. crazy, everyone talks about that. They're right. just geniuses. I'm like, no. Unfortunately, what if not? he does have a maybe. He has a talent for that. Maybe. I do believe. Unfortunately, I don't know. I, some days I think that. Some days I'm like, no, no they're just I know, crazy. I know. The day, one of the days that I was like, I am fucking done with Twitter. <laughs> I, like until I get home. That's like the <laughs> promise that I made myself. I was going to go through this in time. Then I get home, and it was the day that the dossier about the P tape was released. <laughs> so I got home to you eight to hours of P jokes. Right. I was like, what the fuck is happening? And the yeah. best was the, well, I'll the, tell you something. the water salute. At yeah. The yeah. Airport. <laughs> uh, I'll tell you the something crazy. The yeah. night he, the election night, we were shooting. Yeah, we were shooting. You an were election, gone, but you were there. We uh, one of the storylines that uh, again, sort of a bit of a little spoiler for you guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Selena Meyer, as former president of the United States, gets invited over, and obviously, funny enough, there is a Russian connection. She gets invited over to uh, to Georgia, the Republic of Georgia, to oversee an election, as former mm-hmm. presidents often do, mm-hmm. and it's sort of a very sort of Russian situation where, you know, this, there's you know there's sort of a sort of an oligarch in power and then Mm -hmm. another guy who's the voice of the people and what's in it for Selena. But we were shooting sort of her at the voting booths where everyone was sort of dipping their fingers Mm -hmm. in the color to say they voted and trying to do this while the returns were coming in. And we were... We didn't have television, so we only had the internet. And if you were watching the returns on TV, and again, if you're on the Hillary side, I think the chatter on television helps sort of quiet the blows but on mm-hmm. the internet it's just 
her chance of winning 90%, her chance of winning 71%, yeah. 55%, 29%. You're just like, what the that fuck? Yeah. fucking I mean, New York it's, it's, Times yeah, meter that kept doing just, this. But it was right. like body blow, body regrets. blow, body blow. Yeah. Uh, it was awful. And we yeah. were there trying to not only be funny for us, mm -hmm. but also we were sort of doing something about voting and elections and whatever. I mean, it was surreal. And that that is Veep sometimes, is that surrealness. I remember yeah. the next day everybody was telling me that, I mean, there uh, the... Big cast was there, video village full of people, 150 extras, and in between takes it was dead silence. Yeah, just quiet, because yeah. we're just yeah. all staring at our phones. Yeah. Right, right, which is fascinating. Speaking of which, um, stop staring at your phones. Um, mm -hmm. We're going to have questions Shh, from the audience. Quiet. quiet. Um, questions from the audience, please ask questions. I have lots more right here. I'm originally from the D.C. area, and uh, in a very similar way that Silicon Valley just like absolutely nails the kind of detail of the tech industry in sort of a spooky way, I found that more so probably than any other show, the cynicism and the banter of the individual characters was spot on. Can you talk a little bit more about the, I guess you mentioned consultants earlier from either side. How do you guys channel those characters so creepily well? So the, we talked about this earlier. I, I happen to be a, a Silicon Valley consultant. So some of those things, how people talk, we do tell them exactly <laughs> how it works. And then it, people think it's a joke, which is the best part. But you guys did that. You were one of the early people who did that, right? And you have Frank Rich and... Others. We have all these great consultants, and obviously, again, I think some of it is a credit to Armando, who, before he created the show, really spent time in D.C. and found guys. So that there were, and you can look this up on the internet, it's all pre-me, there are guys that sort of Jonah Ryan is based on, and there are guys that, like, you know, Dan Egan is based on and whatnot. So there were some original models. Some of them are different, because your met guy... I guy that played Dan right. at the Correspondence Dinner, yeah. and he was a fucking nightmare. He was yeah. exactly that guy, and yeah. he was a yeah. awful person. There's a lot of dams person. in D.C. Yeah. Yes. There's a I, lot of dams. Yes. Mm -hmm. But, you know, since I kind of came into the picture, we've done a field trip to D.C. We've sat with not just the con like actual congressmen and senators, which is wonderful, but, you know, people from all levels. So you get staffers and stuff who, of course, you know, whisper really fun little things to you that you just yeah. sort of write down in your notebook and add. Um, and this last summer, we didn't make it to D.C., but we had loads of people in. So we had in uh, uh, Aaron Shockey, the congressman uh, oh, okay. with the Downton Abbey office, and, right, yeah. uh, or alleged Downton Abbey office, who's now fighting no, a corruption there. thing. Well, no. giving him the benefit of the doubt. All right, okay, don't. <laughs> I'm not sure on the internet. You can see me rolling my eyes. But, um, but just, you know, and sometimes it's funny. You're asking them a story, and, and this has been true in, uh, for my life in comedy. Like, even back in my old Saturday Night Live days, you'd call, like, a doctor to ask them something, and they're trying to tell you what they think is funny, which is awful, because they're telling you what they think is funny. But then inadvertently, when they're telling you some other stuff, you're like, oh, my God, that's gold. Like, mm -hmm. the way that guy just said that, uh, mm -hmm. i got to write that down and make sure we sort of use that. And that happens all the time. And we absorb it, and you know, and it, and it is important. We'll send the scripts out. Um, one of our guys, uh, Eric Lesser, uh, who is a state senator now in Massachusetts, but was on the Obama team, um, he'll sometimes, like, his only note on a script will be like one, like a one-word change, and he'll say, that would be called like a backbench congressman, because they'd be lower level, or something like that. And you kind of go, okay, but that little change just makes, makes the show so much yeah. better. Do you guys meet yeah. Congressman? Do you meet the press secretary? Have you we met John Spicer yeah. recently? Yeah. I've not met Spicer, but I met, Spicy. I've talked to Carney and Dee Dee Myers and Mike McCurry and a lot of uh, press secretaries. Mm -hmm. And it's fascinating, to, and kind of what Dave says, they, 
you don't necessarily get what they want you to get. They're, they'll say something offhand, and you're like, oh, that's, that's really gold. Mm -hmm. So it is wonderful to meet them, and, and especially the staffers, because they really kind of give you the real gossip, like yeah. how it gets made behind the scenes, or when something screws up, like who's going to get fired or who's going to get blamed. Anybody that's the one thing I've learned you? on the show, is when you see something awful happen on camera... You can just imagine what's going to happen the minute that guy gets off stage. Like, who's going to get yelled at and who's going right. to get fired? Has anyone gotten mad at you? Uh, Politician-wise or yeah. people? No. There's no. a fascinating thing that happens. This happens across the board. Every politician that I have met and yep. that all of us have met thinks the show is making fun of every single person but them. Yeah. Right, right. That is across the Democrats the think it's right. the Republicans. Republicans think it's right. the Democrats. Yeah. And everyone in the world goes, there's a guy like Jonah in our office. Yeah. But mm -hmm. they can't all be... They can't all not be Jonah. Yeah. Right. So I have never yeah. met a Jonah because no they one, all yeah. say I'm a Dan. Oh, I'm a and I'm Dan. like, oh, you must be a fucking Jonah. Right, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you think uh, you're a Dan, you're definitely yeah, a Jonah. That happens yeah, uh, like on Silicon Valley. They're all like, oh, they they think they Silicon Valley people love them. And I'm like, they hate you. Right. And they're making fun of you. And they're like, oh, we look so cute. I'm like, they hate you. <laughs> like, it's really funny. And it's that's not me. And I'm like, oh, that's you. Because I told them that was you. Kind of thing. It was, it's a really interesting phenomenon. Same thing on Billions. I've been talking to hedge fund guys, and they all think they're acts. Oh my god! Oh, but I'm that like, goes. But that goes right. back to, by the way, Wall Street. I mean, right. Wall Street was a movie about right. how this is the worst man in the world, Gordon Gecko, and, and what was, and, and they all started dressing like him and yeah. wearing those uh, those yeah. decorated yeah. suspenders and whatnot, right. and acting like Gordon Gecko. Yeah. I mean, it's like mafia guys acting like The Godfather. Sure, they, they loved it. Yeah. Yeah. This past year, or not this past year, the year before, um, I went to the correspondence dinner, and we've been able we've been able to go a couple times and. The White House court, which apparently the president's not going to this yeah, year. Yeah, he's not going to. He's not going to it this year. Um, I thought they should invite Obama, but anyway, go on. Yeah. <laughs> Is it happening? Yeah, it's I think it's happening. It yeah. yeah, I mean, they do give out scholarships. That's a good and they thing. really they focused it that. back on that this year yeah. because of everything, which is kind of yeah. cool. I don't. Oh, know. it's awful. Anyway, um, <laughs> so we were there, and I got to go. This has happened every single time that I've gone to the the Eisenhower office. Is that mm -hmm. somebody while you're going through the Eisenhower office because it's on the same campus as the White House and the West Wing and everything? Somebody will be like, you know, we're really not supposed to do this, but I'm going to walk you across the street. It's happened every time. Right, right, so oh, I'm going to walk you across the street because then you get to go into the West Wing. And, I, and so then I ended up going on a tour of the West Wing uh, with like tour, like really small group tours. They walk you through the whole yeah. thing and it was great. And we walked past the situation room and I said, what's that? And the guy said, that's the situation room. And he's like, but nobody's allowed in there. Like, you have to be, you right. have to plan way ahead and you have right. to be super famous to get in. Like, it's really, it's not a thing. And as he's saying that, a guy opens the door, looks at us and like sees the two people with him and goes, hey, do you guys want to come into the situation? <laughs> How was and then it? we got in there and like they were kind of showing us around and they didn't notice that like one of the people were that we was there was a was a French citizen, so he had like a different badge, and it was mm -hmm. halfway through the thing, and they were like, "Oh, you can't be in here because right, you're a it's French like, it's citizen." So just the famous organized. people. Yeah. They just let you in, and halfway through, they figure out that you're not supposed to be in there. It is an absolute shit show, and that was a good administration. Right. I don't know what I don't know. I feel like they would let you control the thing to a drone if you <laughs> ask nicely right, right now. Right. Uh, but one of the things I found out on that tour was. That, you know the famous photo during the Bin Laden raid of everybody in that little room. Mm -hmm. uh, I asked, like we were in the big situation room with the big chairs and the big TV, and I asked, why wasn't that in here? And the guy hesitated in answering for a second and didn't really answer, and I kind of pressed him again, like, yeah. no, why wasn't that, why, why was it in that room that we were just in? Right. And he said, like, well, we couldn't, 
Like we couldn't get the uplink to work in this room. Like right. we so couldn't get technology. like their interns it's couldn't the, get the, the great TVs secret working. of the White House. And one of my mm -hmm. sort of not regrets, but mm -hmm. it was something I always wanted to do. But like you, get, Armando had already sort of established it the other way. Is the White House is falling apart, and our offices on the show are way nicer. Like yes, most they people are. are just like jammed into like they what are. looked like were they were linen closets and it's just old and falling apart it there's is. furniture everywhere but it felt weird to sort of try and add that after the right. fact yeah. but yeah. I was always very obsessed with it it's still pretty cool though it. it's yeah. still pretty cool no no yeah. I mean no matter even how for all it's piles of trash it is I can't is believe cool. they let the French into the situation <laughs> alright question right here we'll have two more questions so people have been writing about um, you know powerful figures from you know Shakespeare to Robert Redford and the candidate what what is it, you know, from our end of it, what do you guys see it as, why are people so intrigued and want to know what, you know, the sausage making is and what's happening behind all this stuff? What is, what is that? Why do we love making fun of our politicians? And this also is where we sing the room where it happens from Hamilton. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I you think that I don't the I, votes. It <laughs> seems like it just votes. seems uh, like uh, 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 uh. hating. Very good. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't seen it or heard it yet. Is it good? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I think that hating politicians <laughs> and making fun of them is as American as apple pie. And mm -hmm. I feel like no matter what, like that's like that's just a you can uh, uh, you can you fall could, over you can and it's literally funny. argue it's the founding yeah. tenant of it, which yeah. is sort of mm -hmm. like we we're gonna make fun of the king. Oh my god, the king got really upset. Well, in our new country. We're going to be able to make fun of things. It's going to be okay. And they and did that. Yeah, then. and they, they did. did from the the vicious. I mean, not to get all Hamiltony, yeah. but if you get into like a lot of the, uh, you know, even the Federalist Papers, which obviously were sort of calm, but a lot of the back and forth in the yeah. early sort of Hamilton versus Jefferson, vicious, vicious, angry, vicious, sometimes funny, but vicious. It's just downright yeah. America, I think, in a really good way. Yeah. Um, and I do think it's still very much the escape, which is also. That if like things aren't great, that you can sort of find a way to laugh at it. I do think that's part yeah. of it. And also, if you want to be a politician, no matter what, you're a bad person. So it is right. a good target. Right. That's exactly. except now we're going to get all businessmen politicians now because everybody yeah, with a billion dollars is now yes. going. Yeah. Oh, now. And no offense to the tech time. world, I really don't want to see a lot of tech people oh, pivot no. into <laughs> politics. I know that maybe that's not the Sorry. right audience for this, but please God, if you're like a tech billionaire, right. don't pivot to politics, please. Right. I'm yeah. so sorry. Be ready for President Mark Zuckerberg. In oh about my God. Years. God bless you. He, I, I don't know. I don't know him personally. He's, he's right probably now. A great at, dude. Is he's he now here? doing a tour. No, of he's. He's decided to go to every state in the country and meet people, and he's always with a farm animal sakes. at one point. Um, but now, today, he's at historic black colleges giving a speech, and he's... Get he's, the no, fuck... I'm not kidding. Mark, I know you're listening. Stop it. He's, you know what he's going to do? he's going to historic black colleges? That's what we were going to do. Yeah, exactly. Anyway... He he's gonna do the thing. He's gonna he's gonna revamp the right ha White House and make it super nice. But he's gonna do what he did in San Francisco, where he just like pays those dudes to sit in parking spots yes, overnight, yeah. so he can get his trucks in there. Yeah, I'm a neighbor. For you are. Yeah. Oh, for God's sakes, yeah. Mark! Please, God, don't. <laughs> don't run. Well, what about uh, Mark Cuban? <sighs> no. Can can they both just not? Can yeah. they both just not? Howard do Schultz. It? There's a lot of it, them. There's just a moment in Cheryl there where Sandberg, we, we start others. to sort of look like Italy, and that's yeah. not a great thing when it comes yeah. to food, yes, a little bit of religion and art, but just yeah. not politics. Well, wine, just, wine yeah. thumbs up. They are all considering it, I hate to say I'm it. I'm sure they are. And they have a lot of money, so they can do that. All right, one more question. Any more questions from the audience? Anybody? Come on. Come, Come on. on. It's your last chance. Really hard Thank one. you. Yeah. 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 
So, um, th thank you for being here. I'm a huge, huge fan. Um, one of the things that came out right after the election was, hey, it seems like there's this chasm in our country, and um, particularly, I think that there's one article around, you know, the, the shows that have been mentioned in the New York Times, if you look at sort of the, the frequency of which shows are mentioned, there's sort of the, the, this chasm of, uh, of the, you know, the games of Game of Thrones and the Veeps and the House of Cards is kind of, those are mentioned very frequently, but if you look at actually viewership, sure. there's a totally different set of, right, it's, a, it's the Bing Bang Theory and the CSI and that sort of thing. So I, I'm curious, um, stepping out from Veep, your, your roles on Veep for a second, how do you think about the, the audiences that you want to be making content for, given that there is that chasm? Are you the coastal elites? I believe you are, but that's... that's I think we are. We put the yeah, coastal in coastal elites. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, I do think the audience is changing. I mean, I do think, obviously, not to get all, you know, demographically, those numbers are driven also by a lot of older folks. Uh, my mother uh, loves certain shows like Orange is the New Black, but the only way she watches it is when I give her screeners. I could spend the rest of my life trying to explain to her how to sign into Netflix, mm -hmm. and it's literally never going to happen. Mm -hmm. So she is driving, she loves Orange is the New Black, but she is still driving some of that, uh, those shows, your CSIs, your whatnot, and obviously mm -hmm. as are a lot of people. I do think that's changing, obviously, as younger people are simply cutting the cord. So I do think the audience is changing, and I do think how, um, and I think advertisers are clearly figuring this out, which is that you know maybe sometimes it's okay to have this other audience, and also this other audience, it's constantly being added to, because there's the night Veep airs, there's the first week, there's when it's on HBO in demand, then it makes eventually makes its way onto iTunes, and I guess Where do DVDs, most people watch Veep? Right I now, think right now on demand, I on think, demand. but someone else could maybe correct that. Uh, yeah. No one knows. Uh, that sounds right. Or yes. the young people just steal it. No, but I mean, they, you no, know, they however they get it, as long as we don't, I guess that's not, a, that's up to AT&T. The, the only thing yeah. that the internet, I have Ma said Bell. a lot of stupid Ma things Bell. on the internet. Yeah. The only thing that has ever got, the two biggest responses of negativity that I've ever gotten was when I said, don't steal things like art, don't steal things. Right. That's the big, like, hey, fuck you, man, was the right. biggest response I got. And when right. I made fun of Jill Stein, those two things. Really? Oh, and I also made fun of flyover states. That was a bad one, too. No, no, no. Yeah. But no, but yeah. I do think that that's a strange reaction to, like, the young people stealing things. It's yeah. like, hey, don't do that. Hey, fuck you, man. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, welcome to Twitter. And you're still yeah. on it, right? Yeah. Oh, fuck okay. me. I'm going to delete it after, after this. <laughs> I don't know. I do kind of. Yeah. No. Do kind of. I kind of. Kind of. Um, I like that so toast filter. That's the only Andrew, thing I'm there like for. Who do you feel like you have an audience? Who is your audience when you're trying to go for it? Are you trying to reach the flyover states or anywhere else? Well, the material is generated by these guys. Mm -hmm. uh, we pitch well, in ideas. It and becomes a... I mean... No, it is a collaborative process. It starts process. with the writing, but I mean... Yeah. You know, uh, having certainly been elsewhere without Do you think these you should reach out to more awful. people? Does this make the lecture make you think that maybe you should reach out to more people? Or just right. fuck it? Like now. Uh, me personally, as a comedian, I just try to create things that I think are funny. And I hopefully am not too detached. Like, I came from humble roots. I do mm -hmm. live in L.A. Mm -hmm. I am on premium cable, so I have a nice, you know, career going. <laughs> but See, he has a really cool house. Um, yeah. yeah. It's sweet. It's <laughs> mid-century modern. It's beautiful. No, it's not. Uh, and I have kids. Why did you lie? It's Spanish. It's a trampoline. I don't know if you've been to Matt's house. He has a trampoline. Mm -hmm. We have a trampoline. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't um, want to get too coastal elitist about this, but I have a trampoline as well. Yeah. I got a solar panel. That we actually do have brings solar you panels. more not coastal elite trampoline. <laughs> trampoline. Um, 
brings but, you to the middle, I think. But I'm always encouraged by like politicians we meet, like you guys nail it. Uh, I'm always, it seems like the kind of show that people watch with their significant other. It doesn't skew necessarily male or female. You know what I mean? Yeah, it seems like absolutely. we're hitting both genders really well or whatever, but not intentionally. We're just writing a show that we think's funny or contributing. And sometimes, truthfully, in the process, like Tim said, we just try to come up with the stupidest thing and see if we can get away with it. Like the dumbest, right? like ultimately falling off a chair is funnier than a witty political sentence. Mm -hmm. Or both, if we can generate. Yeah, if you can yeah. get both together, that's you the coup de witty, witty political sentence and then fall backwards, then you're, you're winning <laughs> everything. But I mean, I think, you know, and again, I, this is more my own theories of comedy, but it's yeah. sort of what you said. It's like, uh, you know, everything I've ever worked on, all I ever tried to do was sort of, I guess, to some extent, make myself laugh and on some level make my college roommates laugh. Mm -hmm. That's all I really care about. Yeah. If you don't laugh, fuck you. You're wrong. <laughs> um, I don't know what else to tell you. <laughs> if you're offended, fuck you also. I don't fucking care. <laughs> um, I just, the joke wins. And, that, and I've been lucky enough... I can only, you know, again, for myself, I've been lucky enough to work on shows where that's all that anyone cared about. Right. And that's not true of most comedy. And that's a sad thing to say. Mm -hmm. There's a tremendous amount of comedy where that's not what's important. And I've been lucky enough to work in places where that is important. That's all I've ever cared about for right. me. There are, there are a lot of shows and... And, and this is that you can walk out like comedies that you can leave the room for five minutes when they're on and come back and not miss anything. Right. And I do a thing to my children. I'm sorry. I have to, my kids watch. My daughter in particular watches a show on the Disney Channel called Jesse. I yes. don't my know if anyone too. has children yeah. or anything. We're about a, an actress girl who is the nanny to. A, ten, a, a rich actor and actress family of ten mm -hmm. multicultural children. And it's a fine show, whatever, in terms of that. But it is, I, I can't take the writing on it. My daughter watches it, and I will wander into the room sometimes, stand there for a minute, and do a couple of the punchlines before they do it. <laughs> you know, trying to teach the lesson of how did daddy do that, because this is predictable, and predictable is not good. Right. I think I've only th made them think I have some right. sort of weird power, because right. they're still watching the damn show <laughs> but I guess that would be another thing for me with comedy the comedies I love are the comedies that are surprising me when I can sit there and go this is going to happen uh, I get yep. bored and, it, and yep. it goes back to I think not to whatever but and it's not a reason unto itself but when people were so shocked that she wasn't president of the United States or even vice president at the end of last season I have never been happier that yeah, most people didn't figure it out and that they understood it for the, I guess I was hoping, the daring move that it was, but also that you didn't figure it out. And I'm hoping this season has a lot of that as well to it. Good. So, yeah. Well, end of that. Last, very last one for me. Who's your favorite politician right now? Favorite, favorite one that you like? And it could be someone you don't like. Well, Joe Biden was here. I do have a, I do love that man. He's not in the game right now, but not in the game. that's the off the top of my head. Great, though, All right. You don't have to like them either. Huh? Who's the one you don't like the most? <laughs> well, uh, Manafort or Sessions? Okay. Ugh. Living? We want living? Uh, whatever. You can have dead ones. Uh, Jefferson, oh. that asshole. <laughs> uh, I, will go, uh, I, I will go right now. Uh, I mentioned him earlier with Al Franken right now. I think uh, now more than ever, especially his... He's not as funny as he used He's to. not, but I think you're going to see more of it. I think okay. in the sort of the role of the opposition, I think he will... I think he will re-embrace. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things about Al that I think is a wonderful thing is for the last eight years under Obama, I think he was really trying to get along with the other side despite mm -hmm. the fact that they refused to vote for anything. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, one of the things about the Trump world, and again, throw stuff at me if you are a fan of his, whatever, the way that he has sort of opened up this Pandora's box of 
racism, anti-Semitism, and homophobia, and all these things that just sort of, you know, you, you, you thought and hoped were kind of gone. I, I do think humor will be one of the great ways of sort of battling that, and I do think Absolutely. that will be an Al thing, so and that Al, you will see Al who, rise who do you to dislike? that. Who do I hate? Uh, hmm. Uh, right now, I gotta say uh, McConnell. I, I just think... Uh, what he did over the last eight years, the Supreme Court thing, and what he, the game he's playing right now, um, and just another guy from a, I'm not going to say flyover state, but a small state, sort of living off the sort of the the fat of, if you will, New York and you know uh, California and whatnot, and yet just acting quite despicable about his own people. Anyway, my opinion. Final word. Uh, I don't know if I can think of one that I like right now. I'm trying. Uh, that's going to be harder. Um, I think I've, I've held a lot. Of, like, uh, you can say a lot of things about Donald Trump. All of them are true. Um, but, um, but Paul Ryan is just despicable. There is something so despicable about Paul Ryan, especially in that, especially in that, like, the thing about him this whole time is that he's been a policy guy, and then he re. he puts out this piece of policy that is just abject shit. And he like he's just like, oh, no, 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 I'm a policy guy. Like, and that's his defense for when Trump says or does something terrible. He's like, I'm not going to respond to the day-to-day -day things. I'm just a policy guy. But it turns out he's terrible at that, too. Like, I just, he's a, he is a super despicable guy. And I think he's the one that I'm sort of against. Who do you like? I don't know. Should I go out on a positive note? Yeah. You got to find someone. I got to like. find somebody that you I like. You don't like President well, Mark Zuckerberg. Well, look, the man obviously. in the yellow hat from Curious George. <laughs> Technically, he works at the zoo. I'm assuming that's a public <laughs> post. So I'm going to go with that. Like As far as public servants go, I think that's I think he's just hanging out there. He's been asked to leave a couple of times. <laughs> oh, he's creepy. Yeah. He's, he's doing good. Sort of a, when you really think about it, he doesn't have children. Yeah, he's he just owns, there. He owns, always talking about, you want to come, come see my monkey? It's really <laughs> not... He's he owns he owns children. a place no. he owns a perfectly reasonable place in the city, but he also <laughs> has a country house if he needs to get away. Um, he has got really is a best friend. He has great relationship. Nothing. He's unflappable. The like the dude can drive a train yeah. around, and yeah. he'll be like, "Well, that's just George. Nothing, nothing phases him." <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. So anyway, I think <laughs> the man made in the yellow hat. You him pedophile, but you you like him though. Oh, I love That's it. That's a perfect thing for Jonah. I love to him. Say. Yeah, like yeah. if he George can go out and buy twelve hundred donuts, and he's like, "Oh man, what are we gonna eat for dinner?" You know, like it's doesn't worry about the money. All I'm gonna say is reread those books. A la Fight <laughs> from Club a, from sort of a pay There is angle. no George. He's George. <laughs> <laughs> There's all no right. Tyler Durden. He's George. All right, so your show, Just take a look. That's all I'm saying. Show premieres when? Uh, April sixteenth, Easter. Easter. The perfect way to celebrate. The Easter, risen Lord. Jesus, and all those yeah. great things. Yeah. It's on our hotel keys, April 16th at 10.30 p.m. Fantastic. Not Can all our hotel keys. Yeah. I got Game of Thrones, which is weird, but anyway. Yeah, my Game of Thrones is on mine. All right, uh, Tim, Matt, and David, it was great talking to you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thank you, everybody. Thanks to... Um, Thanks to Nat Geo Further Base for hosting us today, Digital Media, which distributes the show, and to our producer, Eric Johnson. This has been another episode of Recode Decode. You can find more Recode Decode and all of Recode's great podcasts on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We have new interviews like this one every Monday, so tune in then. And I can't wait for President Mark Zuckerberg. Thank oh, you. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you very much, everyone.